Last week we read the first nine verses and we talked about the message outnumbered. And this message will will definitely build on that. And we're going to start at verse 10. It says this, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Okay, if you remember, Joshua had heard from God, you're going to give possession of the land, you're going to cross over the Jordan, right? And so, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you are to cross this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it. And to the Reubenites, to the Gadites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word which Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you, saying, The Lord your God gives you rest, and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, but you shall cross before your brothers in battle array all your valiant warriors, and shall help them until the Lord gives your brothers rest, as he gives you. And they also possess the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to your own land and possess that which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, saying, All that you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Amen. Um, This passage here, um, it's not an easy task for Joshua what he did. Imagine that there's a line here and this is the Jordan River. On this side of the Jordan, you have the land that God said, this is the land of promise. I'm going to give it as an inheritance to you, my people. Joshua is now on this side of the river with all of the people. They left Egypt. They wandered in the wilderness. They stayed in Sinai for a bit. And they found themselves camped on this side of the river, on the east side of the river. But on the west side of the river is the land of Canaan. God says to Joshua, I'm going to give you this land. And this, uh, I, I say, be strong and courageous. And so now Joshua receives the word continually from God saying, okay, in three days time you're going to cross. And so this is what I want you to do. I want you to go throughout the camp and I want you to command all of the people saying in three days we're going to go over. And then specifically he talks to two and a half tribes. Right, Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And he says to these two and a half tribes, I want you to cross over as well. Here's the context. Moses was the leader that delivered Israel out of Egypt. Moses was not allowed to go over into the land of Canaan, and he dies. Joshua, the young man in charge now, assumes command. He's the new leader. So now he has the responsibility of new leadership, going into the existing group of people and saying, now is the time to fight. Like, try walking into another person's family and directing everybody what to do. 
Like it's it's not easy. I mean, if you if I'm a if I'm a dad and I and I and I talk to my kids a certain way and I'm directing them, they'll they'll hopefully listen, <laughs> right? But it's a completely another thing when you are going to, in a sense, like another family's kids, right? There's a different creation of authority. And so now Joshua has assumed command of Israel, and now he is the go-to person, maybe by default. Maybe not everybody was completely on board. Maybe some of the folks still wanted Moses to be leading. But nonetheless, Moses has passed, Joshua is set up, and now God says to him, go to all the folks and tell them you've got to cross over. That's not an easy task. And the second task that he had, I think, was even harder. There was two and a half tribes, Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh. When they were wandering in the wilderness, they all knew that God was going to give them this land. But they said to themselves, look, um, we're ranchers. We got a lot of cattle. We don't need to cross over the river. Just uh, as we look around, I like this. We like this. Just give us our inheritance on this side of the river. Right? And then Moses had this dilemma. Moses was like, wait a minute, if, if I give you this land here, there's going to be a time when your brothers are going to have to cross over the Jordan and they're going to be completely discouraged because you already got your land and they got to fight for theirs. And so Moses said, okay, if you promise this, if you promise that when the time comes, you will cross the Jordan with your brothers, with the other ten and a half tribes, then I will give you this land. And they agreed. Time passes. And he goes to these two and a half tribes and he says, remember what you promised. And now's the time. In three days, we're going to cross over. And I consider this a very difficult proposition. I mean, think about it. Have you ever had, like, just a, a long journey somewhere? Like, you've been traveling. You ever need a vacation from a vacation? You know what I mean, right? And so, like, you go on this two-week vacation, and you're, like, going everywhere. You're thrilled. And then you're on this 10-hour plane back home. You're going through security, finally making it. And you're back home, Right? But you have an appointment that evening. It's like, ah, oh, man. Like, I just want to stay. I just want to sit here for like a day. Like, I, I really, I'm not motivated to get back up and to get out and travel anywhere, move, or do any work. That's that feeling. Like, they had been, they left Egypt. They had been traveling through the wilderness. Like, imagine carrying your family in caravans and tents and all these animals through the wilderness. How tiring is that, right? And they finally said, okay, we want the land. It was given to them. Ah, they put up their tent posts. They sectioned off the land for their cattle. Their children are running and playing. Their wives are cooking food. And all of this is happening. And they're like, yes, finally, this is rest. This feels good. Better than wandering. And now, all right, guys, now is the time. We've got to go. And they're like, oh, has it, like, what did we promise Moses? Can you imagine that feeling, right? I totally can. I'm like, ah, oh, right? And so Joshua was the one that has to go to, to Reuben Gad and half of Manasseh and says, okay, guys, you've got to leave your houses. I know you're settled right now, but your brother's got to take this land. And so I need you to suit up and get ready. That, to me, is a tough ask. That's a real tough ask. 
right? And Joshua does that. He goes through the camp and he says to, to the folks, prepare provisions. And then he says to the two and a half tribes, I want you to get ready. And so I'll, I'll share two things today. The first is this. Fighting for others is the heart of God. Um, I think we're all good at fighting our, our battles. Like, we're good at fighting for the things that directly affect our bottom line. Right? I mean, if you think about just this, I mean, now that this facility is exclusively ours, we're in a place that's exclusively ours, we feel like we can invest more into it. Like, the amount of time and resources that you pour into this facility, you feel as though that there is a greater dividend because the investment, investment is directly related to us as a church. Same thing with home ownership. If you are renting, like, um, th something's busted. The piping's not good. The molding is like, ah, uh, not exactly what you want. I mean, how many of you are going to shell out thousands of dollars to renovate a house that is not yours? I know very few people, apart from small little tiny touch-ups, right? But if you are the homeowner, if you pay the mortgage and you know that you will pass this house down to your children, you realize, wait a minute, structurally, does that wall need to go? How can I increase the functionality of this living space for the long term? You're thinking long term, right? It's completely different. And so the battles that we fight for ourselves, we are totally on board. But when it comes to trying to invest for other people, growing somebody else's business, improving somebody else's house, um, you got to be really motivated for that. There's got to be a, something very compelling in order for us to do that. Right? And so fighting for others is the heart of God. That's what I want to say first. Right? Because to Reuben, Gad, and half of Manasseh, he's saying, I want you to fight so that other people get their own land. I want you to fight. I want you to put your life on the line, not for your land, because you already got it. But I want you to fight for somebody else's. That's the proposition Joshua is now having to make to these folks. But isn't that the gospel? Like fighting for others, isn't that the gospel? Isn't that the good news? God fighting for us and how He continues to fight for us. Isn't the good news that God didn't stay comfortable on His side in heaven? And He says, I'm going to cross over into the dirty side where there's warfare, where there are things that need to be just unearthed, where there needs to be some sort of wrestling. I'm going to cross over to earth. Isn't that the good news? Right? Isn't the good news God ferociously fighting for our peace and for our inheritance so that we would have a place in heaven, right? Not for Him, because He's already there. That represents the heart of God, what Joshua is propositioning to Gad, Reuben, and half of Manasseh. This represents the gospel. This means I will choose to fight for your space. I will put myself and invest my resources for your inheritance. That is the heart of a Christian. Like this past week when people sacrificed sleep time, traveled all the way out here to help paint and prep this space, that represents the heart of Christ to invest in a space. 
That when you have a co-worker, a family member, a relative, somebody that who is not you, and they are in dire need of something, something that you just noticed, and you go and support that need for their inheritance, that represents the heart of Christ. That when we put our dollars on the line for somebody else, that represents the heart of God. When I put my time and my effort, and I schedule stuff in, meaningful slots of time for somebody else, that represents the heart of God. But too often, we are so prone to fight hard for our battles and to give spare change for somebody else's. But here to Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, we see something different. Fighting for others. Fighting for their inheritance. And if I could... The second thing that I'll say, I'll say this. Serving others is a way to serve God. Can you go to Matthew chapter 25? This is a familiar passage. Matthew 25. Verse 31, it's a parable that Jesus was sharing. And he's just talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he says, But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne and all the nations will gather before Him and He will separate them from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats on His right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me. And naked and you clothed me. And I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when? When? When did we see you hungry and feed you? Thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And then the king will answer and he says to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them you did it to me. I've shared this parable with you before. Serving others is just like serving God. That's what comes out in this passage of Scripture. As Joshua is running through the camp, preparing people, saying, fight for your brothers, for their land, for their inheritance, I want us to know that fighting for others represents the heart of God. And secondly, serving others represents it as well. That when we serve others, we are in an extent serving Christ. As we have a chance to build a facility and just to put down some roots as a church in this space, um, let's not think internally. For like now, let's think collectively as a community. For us as a church, what would it mean for us to be the Reuben Gad and half-tribe of Manasseh? Let's imagine that this facility will become our inheritance on the east side of the Jordan. Like, we'll settle in, we'll put our our stakes down, our fences will go up, our house walls will be erected. And we're going to make this space our own. And, I mean, I'm going to enjoy coming here, and hopefully you will too. 
But what would it mean for us as a community now if we were the two and a half tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half of Manasseh, having our inheritance, having a place? But what would it mean to fight the battles of others? What would it mean to still get dirty? What would it mean to cross rivers that are meaningless for us, so to speak, because it's not our land? What would it mean to take up swords and arms and to put on battle array for others? What would it mean for us as a church? I think we need to think about that. Like, who are the people that God will place in our lives as brothers that we need to fight for, as sisters that we need to fight for their inheritance? Let's have our eyes opened to that and think about that as a church because He'll give us a ministry, that He'll give us a space and we're going to be fighting for a land of promise for people to inherit, that they can uh, settle into a home of their own and not be wanderers, that we'll see people around us, I'm sure of it. So let's have the heart as a church, not just to settle in our own space, but the heart that says, I'm going to cross over rivers and fight for the land for others. Amen? Amen. Let's close with this.